Adiós. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? It is Friday night. It is 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For those of you guys who can't do math and know that it's three hours ahead of us, we appreciate you guys being here. This is the Unfiltered Experience. We are here every single Friday, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, live and in your face to bring you amazing conversations that are designed to uplift your ability to see life differently and expand your confidence and expand the fact that you're going to go out there and rock yourself and rock this world. I'm Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach. And I'm finally joined back by my beautiful co-host after a couple of weeks, Mr. Scott Goyette. What's going on, Mr. Scott David Goyette? You went out and played with the fucking Lions, man. That was badass. Chris, I'm going to tell you one story. One, one story. Short, one short story from our beautiful event in Africa. And it's, I'm going to tell you this, this thing is literally going to be booked up from now till the day we die because everybody's already seen the pictures and everybody already knows. We've got like 50 people in line for this and we can only take 10 to 12 people every single year. So it's going to be huge. So when I started and I embarked on this journey, I've been on safaris in South Africa before and they're more they're more built for us. You know what I'm saying? They're game reserves. Like everyone knows the lions, you know, the behaviors of the animals. So it's a little bit, um, maybe to use the word safer, even though they're wild animals. Yeah. Well, this, when you're out in the middle of Tanzania and you can be in the middle of nowhere with no reception, you know, no ability to call for help, like you're where you're at. Between two of the reserves that we were going to, you know, this this one space that we were going to see tons of lions and tons of rhinos, hyenas, you know, all of it, like just be in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, we were driving in the night. And so driving in the night, it's around 10 p.m. And we were supposed to be there in like 20 minutes at the, the camp that we we're going to be at. And it's a camp that's literally a camp is built in the middle of nowhere. So you're on the savanna, there's lions, everything's everywhere. And it's all very real. I didn't know how real it was to two of the, the our cars. We had three safari vehicles, two got stuck in mud. And here we are, and one of the cars isn't stuck in mud. And the guy starts backing up. And he goes, I'll pull them out. And I'm like, no. And I'm screaming. I'm like, no. Because then there's going to be three cars stuck in mud. Well, as we stop and we start to think, like 10 to 12 hyenas start circling us, walking around us. And everyone says hyenas aren't. They're scavengers. They don't go after you, whatever. Oh, they're dangerous. Until they're opportunistic. Uh -huh. So the bottom line is. I went from being, you know, very confident, Scott, everything's easy, life is good, nothing to worry about, to real quick on what the F did I just get myself into? And so <laughs> all I'm going to say is life got really real. One of those, you know, I like moments that are oh, yeah. life changing like that. So yeah. horrifying, incredible. You got to go on a trip like this. If, you, if you've never almost been eaten by a, by a hyena, you're not living yet. That's all I'm telling you. You're not living yet. So Everything after that was straight uphill, most beautiful experience of my life. But I had a little like moment with with source, with divine, with creator, with God saying, oh, this is real. And it was very real. So you would have loved no this joke. shit. I'm getting you out there one year, man, because. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, it's special. So. Let's do it. My, my boss actually went and did the whole African safari thing and yeah. Larry shots and all this stuff. And then he came back and I said, so what was it like? And he's, he's ex-military. He's a tough dude. And he's like, yeah, we were kind of doing the same thing. They were out on some sort of, you know, caravan or whatever. And um, they took a stop somewhere. And I guess they didn't see a lion that was coming. And so the lion started messing with the vehicle. And it, he was like, he has pictures 
like because he was taking photography he's like that isn't a distance camera that's like that that line was right there like right in front of us and i mean they had the enclosures but there were still open windows Chris he said it got pretty he, he said it, he said it got pretty fucking dicey and he's like oh shit did I, do these three people really like you're trusting you're like okay you're a guy do you do this do people die i don't know but he said he was pretty scared and he's never scared <laughs> so what like, what i learned was you know how once in a while you hear somebody was killed or whatever they do not want to tell you what really happens like a lot of this stuff doesn't get leaked because they don't want to like have you think oh this is scary so they don't want the world to know right. Shit happens dude you're in the middle of some very real stuff and you know what now that i'm sitting in the comfort of my own little studio <laughs> it's really fun and in the middle of it i was definitely not as tough as i thought i am yeah. to an extent i mean like yeah. i was I still was enough like smart enough to say stop the car let's think through this like i was still in my frame of mind but i was exhausted and i'm thinking to myself is this how i die and then i'm going well <laughs> it's a pretty good story though he's out right. in an african safari trying to save the tribe hey man if you gotta Tulane go that's is, beautiful yeah it's not bad so i would have yeah. gone that way i was cool yeah. with that. as long as that story doesn't end with i was the only one that ran away from the truck and left everybody yeah yeah yeah. Die. <laughs> yeah 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 i was the guy who was like trying to run away and the hyenas go this is the wuss i'm gonna take this guy down and just swallow him up <laughs> yeah but they would mistake you for a giraffe anyway i was trying to play like a giraffe i played giraffe yeah. nice you're a beautiful giraffe they well, kept yelling Groot. Groot. Yeah. <laughs> Groot. i am Groot. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, have you been, if you've been with this for any amount of time, you know that this show is sponsored by the beautiful folks at Help Heal Humanity. HelpHealHumanity.org is a fantastic, phenomenal organization. I've been a part of this organization for uh, three years now. Scott and I know the founder, uh, Serena Buffalino. She's been on this show. She's been on my We're on a scripted show. She's a phenomenal human being. She's out there doing the right things for the right people. None of the money that gets donated to the organization goes to anybody's pay, paycheck or, or funds anybody's multi-million dollar house. All the money goes directly to the initiatives that we're raising for. We've built schools in Haiti. We've done things in Spain, Cambodia, Canada, United States, and we continue to do that. And the reason why I'm a part of this organization is because their heart is in the right place as far as whether this is what we want to do. And you can trust that everything is going to the right place. And Serena built it from, from herself up into this nonprofit organization. So when you get value out of this particular episode or any episodes that you guys follow us on, we know you have a lot of regulars here every week, please do us a, day, uh, a favor. And when you get value out of this, Go contribute whatever it is you can. If it's 10 bucks, five bucks, 20 bucks, if you could sponsor a kid, we need uh, 19 more sponsors to get our kids in the school. Unfortunately, some sponsors, uh, some people that normally sponsor kids, unfortunately with the economy and everything, weren't able to sponsor the kids. So we're still trying to get those kids in the school. We've got the other ones in there. They got their uniforms, their school books. They're getting fed three times a week, even amidst all the chaos going on in Haiti. We've got some amazing individuals that are protecting these kids and making sure they get back and forth. And not only that, we're trying to give some of the food to the family so that everybody's eating. We're trying to do our little best as a small organization, helphealhumanity.org. If you want to get involved with something, if you've been looking for philanthropic opportunities to volunteer or be on the board, let us know. If you just go to helphealhumanity.org, you can check the volunteer space and uh, go check it out. And if you have any questions for me by any, by no chance, I mean, just let me know and I'd love to have it. We had somebody a couple of weeks ago hit me up and so I'm trying to guide them and what they can do to help the organization. So that's your fee for watching this amazing show. I'm sure it's going to be jam packed through a lot of initiatives and strategies that you can apply in your life starting today. So we appreciate and love you. When you do that, send me a picture of that because I want to personally acknowledge you and say thank you. Some of you guys have actually done this. And so you send me the screenshots. It's 10 bucks. I'm like, hey, thank you. You know, it's amazing what 10 bucks can do in Haiti in order, you know, if everybody does it, if, if 300 people do 10 bucks, it's, you know, it's incredible what we can do. So thank you for that. And anybody who donates $200 or more will get a free hour of coaching with me. 
Um, so that's a reduced rate. And that way we can set you up for a successful 2023. You get an opportunity to help people in need and you get a tax deductible donation. It's a win, 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 win. So we appreciate you for that. So yes, help heal humanity, support the organization, help us support them. And uh, we appreciate that. And with no further ado, we have uh, we have Robert in the house. He's going by Believe Yourself Tonight. He's on the YouTube link. He says, greetings, Christopher and Scott. Thank you, Robert, for being here. I appreciate you, brother. We got Amy Scruggs in the house. Amy's a new friend of mine. She says, wow, my family and I have done safari in uh, Boston. That's one. And uh, I take, I can picture everything you just described. Awesome, Amy. Well, thank you for being here, actually. Yeah, it's Amy, all real, Amy. <laughs> yeah. We actually, Amy and I, funny enough, she was uh, on Pamela's uh, uh, show. It was funny. I don't know if you saw the picture, but I got to see, I got to meet Pamela. I saw that. I, I actually yeah. liked it and I, I love it. Yeah, so she came out to Orange County. I got to see her for a whole hour, but she was interviewing Amy and I commented on their post and then we got connected with Amy and then she, I saw Amy posted something about a Fountain Valley, um, Miss Fountain Valley contest. And I know my mother-in-law, my ex-mother-in-law, Beverly White, is highly, highly involved in all that. So it was like, wow, it's a small little world that's going on. Very so, small world, dude. Thank Very you, Amy, for being here. And our guest tonight is an amazing individual. I had the opportunity to work alongside him in a in a speaker workshop that we were doing. I can't remember exactly which one I've done quite a few recently, but I was just really impressed with this person's uh, uh, passion, his articulation for what it is that he's doing and, and bringing value into the world. And of course, that's what we want here for you guys on the Unfiltered Experience. So please welcome to the show, Mr. Guy Volando. What's up, Mr. Guy Volando? How are you doing, brother? Okay. Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you, Christopher. Hello, Scott. Oh, Good to see you guys. He, he was he was mid cough or mid sneeze or something like that. I was I was literally about to cough the whole time, and I was and then I did the quick mute so that I didn't cough, and I was like, I'm gonna put down on a sixty second snippet. But thank you, guy, for being here. Uh, we're looking forward to an amazing conversation. And uh, my first question for you, really, I went and did some research on you, which is normally something I don't do, uh -oh. and I see that you are an author of a book. You authored a book. And let me see if I can get the title right. Uh, Discovering Your Authentic Truth. So talked about this. I really love the title about that. And authenticity is huge for me. As you can tell, I'm just being who I am. I was the people pleaser. I wore the suit and tie. I did everything for everybody else trying to do that. And I finally found my authentic self and decided to be my authentic self. So I'm excited about this conversation. So what inspired you to write this book? And uh, what were some of the advantages and disadvantages of, of doing this process for yourself? Yeah, well, great question. And first of all, let me just say thank you very much for having me on the on this. Uh, Three hundred dollars sounds like a really super great deal to help out a lot of kids get some free coaching from you. Hey, you got my three hundred dollar check right now. Okay, that's on the way. Thank you, um, thank and, you, uh, Scott. It's a pleasure to meet you. I've never been on a safari. I've always wanted to. So, so thank you for the inspiration. Opportunistic yeah. hyenas. I like it. You're invited. <laughs> and, and I lived through it to talk to you about it. So it's good stuff. That's awesome. Uh, the book. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, when I was growing up in, in high school, my teachers always said, hey, you ought to write a book. Even though I didn't do really good in English, they liked the way that I like to express myself. But, you know, I mean, what am I going to write a book on? And I went through a journey. Uh, I was an F-16 fighter pilot. I wow. retired as lieutenant colonel. I went was flying with Southwest Airlines. But when I was, I'd been out of the military and kind of lost myself. Uh, you know, people would say, what do you do? And I'd say, well, I'm a, it's, I'm a fighter pilot. It's not what I do. It's who I am. Right. And that became an identity. This is all what I came to discover, right? So it was, it was an identity and issue. And every year I read Think and Grow Rich, you know, figure yeah. out where my goals yeah. were that I had set for that year and then set new goals for the follow-on year where do I want to be? And 
I was reading it in December of that this year. Um, I can't remember the year right offhand now, probably around 2015. And I go, I realize I don't know what my definitive purpose in life is anymore. Mm. I knew it when I was a flight fighter pilot, but now I'm an airline pilot. Well, there's a big difference between being <laughs> a fighter pilot and being an airline pilot, right? I mean, there's it's a lot, that's a big difference. I mean, being an airline pilot still comes with huge amounts of responsibility. You got hundreds of people behind you. Everybody's counting on you. Most people don't even realize that their lives are in those two people's, you know, they put, they're investing their life into our, well, I realize it up front. <laughs> and uh, so I have a purpose in doing that, but it was more of a deeper passion of, What's really driving me in life and trying to gone through some business experiences that get go, go really good. And then they kind of fall apart, repetitive pattern. And I'm like, what can I do to help figure this out? And I mean, I've, I've always been a big reader, uh, self-help books, you know, in that kind of genre. And I even went to a psychotherapist. I'm like, dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little messed up inside right now. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very successful, but inside deep. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm a mess. And you yep. think about all these Hollywood stars. I mean, my God, Jim Belushi and, and some of these, John Belushi and, and some of these others are uh, Robin Williams. Robin Williams, of course. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. I mean, we could go on with a list of them, right? Oh, There's another right, big guy that uh, did Chris the same Chris thing. Was that? Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Yeah. Chris Farley. Yeah. I mean, oh my God. Living a van right? down by the river. So it doesn't matter how much success you have in life or don't have in life. We all got issues, right? We're all 100%. going through these issues. Amen. Anyhow, shortening up the story, I found a lady that I had met once long ago through business and she was putting on a free seminar there in LA. And I told my wife, I said, I want to go to this. And by noon, I knew that this lady was going to be able to help me. Wow. Her name, her name is Nirka and she runs a, uh, a her own business with all this. But anyhow, so I signed up for one of her courses, very expensive. I went to that course and I had an epiphany. And I realized that a lot of my issues are deep rooted in anger. Mm -hmm. And that anger, I was able to, a lot of that, I was able to release at this course. And then I wrote a journal on what had happened over this four day course with her. And I sent it to her and she was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I started sharing this with my family and my family is like, oh my gosh, why didn't we learn this in school? Right. Uh, my sister, it, this is based in communication. Hopefully I'm making sense. I know I'm kind of all makes total sense. Story, oh, yeah. We're with you. But you can start to see, feel the passion coming out. And I'm sharing this over at Christmas time in Chicago there, Christopher. Oh, and nice. My sister's like, you know, why didn't we learn this in school? Because how we communicate with our kids is vital. And we don't realize sometimes what we're saying, the impact it's going to have when they're, you know, three to seven years old, the impact it's going to have when they're 20, 30, 40 years old. And one of my nieces, my sister's daughters was really in a bad way. And all of a sudden she just starts welling up. And for the very first time, she just unloaded and we got to hear what was really going on inside of her. And that was the trigger for me to go, I'm going to write this book. Um, And I'm going to start letting people know there is a different way than traditional psychology, Western trained psychologists to find your authentic truth, to release all that garbage that's going on inside of you. So the, the theme of the book is, 
is that we're born in love. You're the happy baby. And then life happens. You know, you get caught doing something wrong as a toddler and they get slapped or they yell at you. Toddler doesn't understand. It can't comprehend it. So you start building up these defenses, a way to understand what just happened in a way that's going to keep me safe as a little baby. But that may not serve you when you're 20, 30, 40 years old, right? (laughs) I wanted people to know that there's other avenues. So I wrote the book for that purpose. I went to... um, and if you don't need me to keep going on a diatribe, but that's fine. Just oh, you're, stop. You're, you're good. You're Go, good. I'm listening. I went to I went to a bookstore, Barnes and Noble, and I went through all the parenting books that were there. It was over a hundred, and I yeah. sat there and went through and went through and went through. Can you imagine? Out of a hundred parenting books, only two even came close to addressing what I do in the book. Wow! And what I had learned and what really works because we get results like that for people that are going through challenges in their personal life. So that's what kind of led to writing the book. It was an amazing journey. I did it in a year and from start to finish. And uh, yeah, it was wonderful. So, so you said something huge right there that I want to dive right into. I know Chris has got a million questions too, (laughs) but but we were excited. We're excited to listen to you talk. So here's the simple reality. Okay. You're telling us that there's all these books on parenting out there that are super consistent, but not really getting to the crux of it. And so I'll share a little bit about some of the beliefs that Christopher and I talk about just for a second and then get into the question. Okay. Our identities are built. You just said it born into love. So here I am a baby. I'm just this fresh, beautiful spirit coming into human form in this moment. And I want to know what I am. I want to know what I am in this new existence. So that's being spoon fed to me. You're being fed by this person, told this is the tradition. This is how you do this. This is how you dress. This is how you act. So that goes all the way up to becoming I am a fighter pilot and there's my identity. So what were these books saying? Okay, because I can guess (laughs) versus what do we need to know? Because here's the scoop. The scoop is we're given an identity that has nothing to do with the truth of our spirit and that baby born into love. Yeah. And I have a feeling you're going to just unload a potpourri of amazingness on us right now. And I want to hear it. What's the big difference with those books from yours to what you were finding? They question. deal in behaviors. So <laughs> when you, in talking with somebody, you know, like if you're having a conversation, you meet them on the street, whatever it may be. And I, you guys are very in the public. You're talking to people all the time. When you're talking with somebody, it's very quick to understand what's important to them. And what you're hearing are their values. All right. So mm-hmm. if a person's saying, I want to be a millionaire, but every night then they go home and sit on the couch and watch TV, yeah. what's the behavior <laughs> is right. But their core value is around rest and relaxation, even though they may have a want of being rich and famous, their their behavior doesn't lie. But what so what's driving the behavior? Right. So you got results. Results are driven by actions, decisions and actions. And those decisions and actions are driven by behaviors. And that's Mm -hmm. usually where psychologists stop. Most of these books were written by child psychologists, doctors, all those kinds of things. Right. But they stop there at the behavior and they're trying to take care of the behavior. But there's something deeper. And that is what we consider core values. And those core values are what are established, especially with our behaviors, how we treat our life very early 
on Maslow's um, law or not Maslow's dog was yeah. the other guy that came up with those core values. But um, anyhow, Herzberg. Yeah, it could have one been. of those guys. This Herzberg, Maslow, McGregor, like all of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's those <clears throat> those core values that are established when we're very very young show up again and again and again. And the challenge is you could go through and talk to somebody and I could ask them, what's their core value? Here's a great way. Here's a great example. You got a married couple that are having marriage problems. All right. 90% of the time it's because their core values are out of alignment. Oh, you could have, let's say the, the, the woman, and we're going to talk about husband and wife. I'm not going to get into all that. But let's just talk about husband and wife. The wife believes that family is the most important. Money is the second most important. And, and entertainment's the third. And even if the husband has the same three core values, but he puts entertainment, family, and uh, whatever the third one was, they're out of order. There's going right. to be conflict. Yep. Now, if you've got two couples and they don't even have the same three top core values, <laughs> I guarantee you there's going to be a lots of problems. So yeah. exactly. There's going to be a lot of conflict, a lot of arguing and all that. And it's usually because they're not seeing the world from the same perspective. When your mm -hmm. core values align, you start seeing things through the same core um, perspective. So in the parenting books, going back to your question there, Scott, um, it's that they're ignoring this whole very big, important part of communication, of living and what life, how you got here. It's not yeah. as much as, and, and, you know, when I'm working with somebody, the story is important. All right. Very important. Let's talk about somebody who's trying, a, a teenager is trying to commit suicide, a teenager that's cutting. All right. The fact that they're cutting is bad. Right. And most psychologists, they'll go in, and I know this because I've worked with these kids, they'll go into a psychologist's office and the psychologist goes, okay, tell me what's going on in your life. Why are you cutting? Da, 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 da. And they're making that child or teenager relive the experience over and over and over again. What are you doing? You're ingraining yep. that negative core value that's not serving him anymore. Yeah, deepening that rut. Exactly, Christopher. So what, what I've find more powerful the story of why they're cutting at this time and all those life decisions that they made up to that point is more important. Why are you making those decisions that have led to you realize that you are not worthy and the only way you can feel is to hurt yourself? I want to not know necessarily the the conscious story behind it. I want to know the subconscious story that drove you into that decision-making. Cause once we understand that what's going on deep in the subconscious mind, now we can release it. We can help that subconscious mind because the subconscious mind works on primary directives and there's certain primary directives. The number one primary directive is keep you safe. Yeah. So I'm get this, they're cutting themselves because they, they believe that's keeping them safe. They're trying to kill themselves because they believe that's the only way they can stay safe. Mm -hmm. It makes Man. no sense to the person outside. You think about somebody with a fear of flying. We were talking about flying. Yeah. Somebody with fear of flying. 200 people get on the plane. No problem. 201 goes to step on the plane. They freak out. Why? It's irrational. You're trying to kill yourself is irrational. <laughs> that person 
It's the most rational thing imaginable. Oh, guys, I love I love what you're talking about. I want to I want to step into something you said. You talked about what happened in between. I think it was uh, five and seven or something like that. We talk a lot here on the show and in our coaching programs about that conditioning process that happens between zero and five and how it really instills our beliefs and our values and, and somewhat of our identity, which you're talking about, which is massive. Um, talk to us more about what research you found in that conditioning process. We talked about it here on the show, but it'd be great to hear uh, a third party's opinion of that in writing your book. Did you find anything that kind of surprised you when you were thinking about, okay, what really happens in those early formative years that, you know, because I know as a coach for me, one of the biggest things that I'm all about and Scott's all about is the fact that most people deal with the symptom of a situation. They try to solve for the symptoms of the situation. Amen. We're about the root. I'm about digging the fuck deep as far as I can deep. Let's pull that root and let's grow something else different in that spot. And what I found when I was working with these clients was like, okay, where do we get fucked up? Where does this start happening? And the God's honest truth from what I could deduce back then was I was thinking, okay, it's probably the teenage years, right? It's not when you're a kid, you know, that's, that's not a big deal, but it's the teenagers. You're kind of in between being an adult, you're being a kid, you're kind of in that fucked up situation. You got a hormones and everything else. So I was pretty certain that that's where we got screwed up. But then I started studying psychology and child psychology for about a year, not like deep, like I was going to get into it, but just really like, okay, where do we get screwed up? Where does it happen? And I was shocked to find out it's between zero and five. That's really where we get our identity from. And then of course, we go to look to find validation or, or confirmation in those identities. And then it isn't until you're 20, 30, and mostly in my cases with the people I coach between 40 and 60, that try to unravel that mess that they agreed to way back in those days. Talk to us about that conditioning process and perhaps some ways that we ourselves can, can look at those situations a little bit differently and have empathy and forgiveness for whatever may have quote unquote happened to us when realistically it happened for us. Talk to us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, and I'll do my best. I think Michael Baker here, he, he puts abandonment and self-worth yep. and, you know, people, and you probably see this in your coaching too, Christopher, people will come with a situation. Maybe it's money problems. Maybe it's relationship problems. Maybe it's uh, weight issues. And if you really dig into each, I don't care what the problem is. Normally you dig deep enough. You're going to come up with what Michael just said. It's self-worth, a lack of self-worth. Yep. They don't believe enough in themselves. So how in the world is that possible? I'm 30, 40 years old, 50, 60. I'm <clears> 60 myself, and I, I've got a lack of self-worth. How is that possible? And you're right. You're exactly right. It comes from that early on when you're building that identity. You know, you've got an I am, the happy baby. You know, you're born in this love, just like what Scott was saying. And that's, that's your I am, all right? And then you've got this identity that starts building around the I am. And the identity, man, I'll tell you, and, you know, and that's the core values is what I, what I call core values is also your identity. And it really, again, the, you know, you think about the safari again and those animals that you're seeing out there, you got the lion who's an aggressor. And then you've got the, the antelope who's a flight animal, right? A prey animal. Right. You can always tell because the eyes are on the size on a prey animal and Amen. like a human being, they're in oh, front wow. of us. Right. I never knew that. We oh, they got eyes in the back of the head for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Huh? That's right. And uh, we as a human being, if you leave a baby, they're helpless. The only way they can survive, unlike, you know, some of the wild animals in the wild, the only way a baby, a human baby can survive is with nurturing. So what kind of nurturing are they getting? Yeah. And, you know, how does this person grow up and be an influencer? <clears throat> person scared of their own shadow. 
Well, it is in those formidable years in that zero to five or seven years old period where they're being told you can't do that. You can't have this. No, 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 no. How many times? And I don't remember the figure. I know it's been documented. How many times you've been? No, by the time you eight reach the age of three or five years old. Oh, it's it's I used lot. to actually give that statistic. It's funny you bring that up. I gave that statistic for years. My original motivational speeches. It's millions. It's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. <clears throat> I, feel, is- I feel it as a parent when I do it. I'm like, oh, my God, how many times am I telling this kid? No, I feel, I'm doing exactly what you're not supposed to do. And so and that's why and when you get into those parenting books, I'm like, you guys aren't getting it. It's how you're speaking to these kids to frame it in a way, not to say no, but what about this instead? Yeah. You know, but I mean, I've been around my, my grandkids and I just don't do that. (laughs) So we all get caught up in it. We're human. Right. But the, the, the baby needs the nurturing. The baby needs to be taught what, who to be. We, we don't do it on our own. And when you talk about different environments that a person is brought up in is going to greatly shape who they become. But now you take, it's it's not an easy answer, Christopher, because you yeah. take the twins, all right? Oh, yeah. Same parents, <laughs> same family life. One grows up to be a superstar. One takes a wrong turn. So it is, <clears throat> you know, it, it is, there's a lot to this conversation. There is things that happen beyond the toddler years that will also influence the environment is probably the number one thing. So I would go back to in that first zero to five years, the environment that this child is being brought up in and how what is being said to that child, yeah. how that child, child's identity through their parents or whoever their guardian is giving that child. And that's why it's so important. So important. Mm-hmm. Language is so important. And none of those parenting books talked about language. Not one. Damn. It's unbelievable to <laughs> me learning what I have learned. Right. Guy, here's a question for you, because um, one of the things I was just talking to Chris today about this or yesterday. So I've been deeply studying trauma and where trauma really comes from. Is it a current event in this existence? Is it something plugged into our DNA that we bring in spiritually when we come in as a child? And so you brought up the twins or we can see families where the youngest to the oldest. You got yeah, I grew up in Boston, so I got a bunch of Irish families, five, six, seven, eight kids. And you've got eight different personalities in that family. Very yeah. different children. You got the star athlete, the super smart kid, the girl that you're like, yeah, I don't know about her. And they're <laughs> all in the same family. So one of the things that um, I've been exploring is when we come into our issues in life, you know, we have a certain kind of partner that shows up or we're always in trouble or whatever. <clears throat> one of the things that I've been studying is those traumatic issues that we end up facing, they're themed. So you said something earlier that I am not enough or I'm I'm not worthy or whatever it is. Let's say that I keep dating people who cheat on me and I'm like, see, I'm not worthy. See, I'm not worthy. Do you think that that's something that could come from, you know, when we enter this world, that's even, you know, we come into the loving environment as a child, but there's a lesson we haven't learned spiritually that's being plugged into this existence. Cause I'm looking at a lot of data and a lot of research that seems to make me believe that. And I'm actually exploring new ways to manage the trauma that would heal things from the present moment trauma all the way back into our DNA. So it's completely released. And this is stuff I'm exploring right now. So do you think that that's a possibility? Because this might even go deeper than the things you're looking at in your book. And it's very intriguing to me because we're NLP or EMDR or hypnosis or some of these other things. 
can help you heal the trauma that we can understand and conceptualize. Could we be healing deeper traumas? And that's just another one showing up with the same theme. So what do you think of that possibility? I love, I love this question. I'll tell you what, we could do a whole hour long segment. Just Let's do it again, dude, because I'm very serious this. about this one. It's and I'm long. studying this like crazy. I'm, okay. I'm going to train myself in this right now. I was just telling Chris, I'm going to invest some money into this because because I, I truly believe in this. I see so much trauma that people start to heal it and then they pop back into the same space again. I want to heal yeah. at the depth of the truth beyond where we can see the pain. I, there's a there's a few things that you mentioned I'd like to hit on. NLP for one, um, the what this lady that I've learned that helped me and then I've learned all this, I'm master certified with her. Uh, it, she, she has termed it elevated NLP because it brings in NLP in itself is a science it's black and white it's ones yeah, and zeros you do this you do that she took the spiritual realm or brought the spiritual realm in along with the nlp amen and there, to our knowledge there's no one really doing this like that we'll, we'll have nlp masters we'll have other reiki masters uh, people from all the different kind of those realms come to her classes and they're going we've never seen anything like this before so wow. very very powerful now are you familiar with timeline therapy is? Yeah. No, no, but, but I'm no, listening to you about or, or timeline regression. Say again. Is that timeline regression therapy where you kind of go back to a specific point and kind of yes. reframe your perspective? Okay. Yeah, exactly. So Definitely. the way we do this is a little bit different than traditional NLP. So for the, for your listeners and who may not be <clears throat> familiar with it, think of a string of pearls. This is mm -hmm. the easiest way to think about it for me. If I have a string of pearls, you know, cause there's a string of pearls hanging down here. And you've got all these issues around anger, all right? You got all these issues around anger, but there's a root cause of that anger because when the baby was born, it didn't know anger. Right. Now, that is also going to lead us back into your other part there, Scott, about the spiritual and other things. But for the sake of this to get started somewhere, the baby's not born with anger in, it, in its blood, okay? Something happened to instill the anger there. That's the root cause. And then this happens and the dad beats on the kid and then this happens and that happens. You fall back home. I remember all this too. Bullying remember and all this other stuff, right? So you got all these other angers. But if I can release that initial. Yeah. They point, all fall down. Exactly. I cut the the pearl, all the other angers. I've recontextualized this individual's timeline. Completely. I love it. So and I have heard of this happens, before. They revert I love it. Back, that just means we haven't gone deep enough the first time to get to the root, the root yes. cause of that anger in this example. Now, epigenetics, the genome study. Oh, yeah. From, uh, you know, that was done in Sweden, multi-billion dollar study, right? Well, one of the things that they proved in there is anger can actually be passed down genetically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So here you got. When we do this and her, and if I was to do this with somebody, I'm going to ask them, are you ready to let go of anger here and now? Are you re ready to let go of it consciously here and now? And, and you know, that is that good for you? <laughs> basically. Yeah. And they'll say, yes. And I'll say, uh, one of the other questions I'm going to ask is when the very first time you experienced anger was it before or after birth. And we do this in a way it's like hypnotic. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get to the subconscious mind. Now, if they say, right. oh, yeah, it was at 10 years old. We know that's not it. That's yeah. not the root. We haven't gone deep enough and it's the conscious mind getting in the way of what's really going on here. So we got to work at it. Yeah. We got to work at it, you know, yeah. and this is where the art 
comes into this type of work. And, uh, and so eventually we'll find out, let's say they say after birth and I said between you know, what age and they'll say three. Perfect. That works, right? Christopher, that's between zero to five. Yeah. We know that yeah. that very well so it may not be, but it's a better than an answer of 10. Right. But get this. What if they say, you say before or after birth and they say before. Was it in the womb or before the womb? In the womb. What month? So I'll give you a live example from my sister. So I wow. shared that story with them at Christmas. Two years later, my sister comes to attend one of these courses. And we're going through this part in the class. And she keeps going in the womb. She keeps going seven. Or excuse me, ten. She keeps saying ten. And it goes like, doesn't make any sense because a nine-month pregnancy. Right. right? Oh, yeah. And we come to find out, I call my mom up during a break. I go, mom, did something strange happen with my sister's birth? And she goes, yeah, because the month before the ninth month or so, like about eight, eight and a half months, the doctor was going on a vacation to Hawaii. So they try to induce birth and they couldn't. Oh, wow. And so the doctor goes on to the, the vacation. He comes back. My mom is now in her 10th month of pregnancy. She still hasn't delivered. Whoa. And in the process of the delivery now, because my sister's so big in the womb, they had to use forceps to pull her out mm. and it cracked her collarbone. Ooh. We didn't know that story, but yet her subconscious mind knew all about it. Wow. That's powerful. Now you get into before the womb and then the, the next question we'll ask, and it doesn't matter if you believe in this or not, was it, um, uh, genealogy or past lives yeah that's it man and you would not believe the number of people that will come up with past lives well how many how many lives of times ago and they'll come up with like 50 or 60 or 70 or generations 50 60 70 so scott to answer your question yes i absolutely having seen this so many different times absolutely i believe it 100 percent yeah. And I, and, I, and I get the exact same thing, too, because for me personally, I haven't tapped back into that. I've done some past life regression, regressions work with people, but there's people who, like you said, they're, they're swearing that they have clarity like 30 lives back of feelings and emotions, whatever. So if you can heal the string that goes back to that, like to your point, if you can do that in your entire spiritual state. So one of the things I really want to talk to you about, too, is. The idea of we keep talking about the unconscious, the subconscious mind, the conscious mind, but going to the super conscious mind to assist in healing of mm -hmm. the subconscious. So how do we tap into the divinity, a.k.a. the super conscious to help us in the assistance of of healing? Because all the methodologies that we're talking about, we're going like go to source. What if I mean, think of what prayer is. Think of what a meditation is. Think of what all these things that we do from different spiritual beliefs or religious beliefs are. If we can really conceptually not just believe, but embody the belief and just say, super conscious divinity creator, can you help me heal the subconscious so that I can live in the conscious mind without this survival technique and get into a thrive state? That's where I want to start dancing. I want to start dancing in that space. So maybe the technique is so simple that literally we just go into through meditation, through prayer, through some kind of a process, we get into the super conscious mind and just request the healing. Just let it happen. Yeah, that'd be nice. It would be nice. <laughs> that's that's um, where I want to I'll take an order of self-help to go, please. 
<laughs> That's what I'm asking for. A super conscious drive through <laughs> And you just plug in this anger shit's got to go. And then mm-hmm. it just goes and you get a milkshake with it. You know, one like prize, that's sure. Yeah. Think of the, um, one of the examples I came up with in writing my book going, you know, like what was the inspiration or how did you go about doing it with the book and stuff? I was actually on vacation myself in Hawaii and I was sitting on the beach and I was just kind of in a meditated state. And I'm like, I got an idea. And so I put it in the book to help describe, and I'm not sure if this is going to go exactly where you were going, where you were headed with this, Scott, but it, it does. Um, you think about a piano mm-hmm. and the, the concert pianist is out there playing and it's beautiful. The curtain comes down, curtain goes back up, same pianist, same beautiful black piano, and he starts playing, but it doesn't sound right. And to make a long story short, let's say that once while the curtain was down, the tuner went in and kind of detuned a couple strings. I don't care how good that pianist is. He's never going to be able to make the same beautiful music out of that piano. Right. It's impossible. The wire is out of tune. So, yes, you could sit in meditation and maybe release that. But if you don't go in and reprogram and get that wire back in tune, chances are it's going to show up again. Yeah. And, you know, you think about, I mean, look at what AA does, right? I mean, it's amazing. And they have their 13 step process and everything else. You got to stay on that. It's so easy for a person to be able to slip back into addiction. But if you can get in there and really no kidding, get that wire back in tune, that's, that drove the person into addiction to begin with, then your chances of success are e- going to be even greater. You're going to help that person even easier to overcome that addiction process. So how you do that is there's a myriad of um, techniques, at least in NLP, and there's probably others as well that I'm not aware of. But I know in NLP, we have a series of techniques. The number one thing you got to get to is an agreement between the conscious and the subconscious mind to be able to let go of the old behavior in order for it to be reprogrammed. If you don't dig deep enough to get that agreement, I don't care what you do, you're never going to happen. And we call it secondary gain. Um, You know, are you ready to let go of this consciously? Yes or no. And they say, "Mm, yeah, I am. There's a secondary gain in there. And if you don't uncover what that is, I don't care how much work you do, you'll never you'll never reprogram it. So I'm so I'm so with you. And and what I was what I so I'm hearing it. And so when we're trying to work to reprogram the subconscious mind from the conscious mind, when 10% of our moments you can't you can't do it consciously. That's That's the the point. point. And I agree with you. So what I was trying to think was. What if we can work from three spaces together, from the conscious okay. mind, the subconscious mind? I'm trying to figure out how do we involve the superconscious. So I'm tapping into the divinity. I mean, this happens when you're doing plant medicine like ayahuasca or, or even like ketamine therapy, whatever. You're mm-hmm. going to that space. I don't think that collectively we've understood when we go to that space of superconscious, how do we work from there? It's, we haven't mastered that yet collectively or we haven't vocalized it effective, effectively yet. So what I want to figure out is to take everything that you're saying, whether it's NLP, hypnotism, I, I want more. I yeah. want to find a gentler, speedier, 
more effective way to get to the bottom to that last bead so that we're really at the source so the distortions are gone and that piano can be played consistently beautifully throughout our existence and and i love what you're doing i mean the book sounds amazing and i want i want more for you and me and chris and all of us just keep going yeah <laughs> as a matter of fact I, matter of fact for everybody i just put the book link inside the uh inside the link. So if you guys guys want to check it out while you guys are watching the movie, there are watching the movie, watching the show. You can watch the show. The, it's right there. So yeah, I have I a question it. for you related to everything we're talking about. And I love the fact that you're talking about authenticity guy. One of the things that I've done over the last couple of years is my way of giving back for during COVID was giving people coaching sessions, like just to be able to uplift their, their mindsets and everything. And after about the 15th one, I did a couple hundred after about the 15th one, I started, I got, got this whisper and it was like, ask them, do they love themselves? Yes or no. And in my mind, right. I was and in my in my mind, I was thinking about this. I was like, that's a fucking stupid question. Of course, people love themselves. But I kept mm -hmm. hearing the whisper, and I've been uh, God's honest trip and doing better about listening to the whisper. I didn't understand what it was before. It was all that self-help fluffy bullshit stuff. <laughs> and so I just asked this person, and we're on Zoom, we're face to face and everything. And I said, I'm, I'm gonna ask you a question. I want you to not really think about it, but I want you to give me your gut response. It's a yes or no question. Do you love yourself? Yes or no? And other people were like, oh, come on, Chris, what, 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 what kind of fucking coach are you? And God's honest truth, 75% of these 200 people struggled with loving themselves. And they were sitting there trying to find all these other things in their life. But we're going back to that worthiness component that you talked about. Talk to us about authenticity and that and that ability to really try and true love and empathy and forgiveness for the things that we did not know. I mean, we're, we're talking about stuff that are completely out of our control. They're, they're biological. They're handed down from generations that we go through our lives, not truly loving ourselves. Mm -hmm. But we're expecting that external validation to come in here and kind of help form our identity, like you were saying before, what am I now? Talk to us about that self-love component and how it ties into being authenticity, authentic. Try to see three words at once. Perfect. Uh, talk to us about that. Yeah. Uh, and I will, Scott, you got to get the, the piano door open in order for the tuner to get in and straighten it out. In other words, the piano has got to want to be fixed. Nice. And until you get a person ready and willing, there's no communication. You're right about on. that. The horse to water is no question about that. <laughs> zero arguments. We've been coaching long enough that yes, you are right. It doesn't yeah. matter. So. Yeah. So, um, uh, loving yourself. I think that goes back to the self-worth issue, right? Right. And, and how do you get, how do you, how do you get to this point in life and you don't love yourself? And I'm telling you that is, that would solve 99% of humanity's issues. I'm right trying, now. baby. I'm trying. If people understood this whole this whole thing we're talking about, Michael said something else here. Uh, attachment of old beliefs we have formed around our behaviors to justify them. And he said something. Unresolved issues will keep coming up until faced and dealt with. And that's that's that is the crust of this, Christopher. We can we can try to come up with a lot of fancy words and a lot of fancy definitions but the bottom line is and the reason why I, I named the book discovering your authentic truth is to get reconnected to that i am and and figure out who your identity really is not yeah. the identity that was necessarily instilled upon from the parenting the outside influences but that is deep within you that came from the spiritual realm Amen. Or maybe Amen. from the past lives, whatever it might be, but from that spiritual realm, there's something more here. There is a great book called Quantum Questions, and I can't remember the author right now. It's in my bookshelf somewhere, but it's called Quantum, Quantum Questions. Quantum Questions. I'm writing it down. And it's a group of five physicists, very famous physicists, Einstein, Planck, who's the guy with the H? I, don't, I can't remember them all right now. Hawking? Oh, no, Hawking. Before his time. 
And these guys are really famous. And this is all, it's a collection of their writings. And all of them are saying there's something more to this universe than what's black and white, than what's physics. There is definitely something else. Nobody wanted to label it necessarily like God or spirit or whatever, but they're saying there's, there's no way you can explain this world strictly by physics alone. There's something else going on. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote the book, uh, Christopher, one of the things I, I had this epiphany, I have come to find Ogmandino has said it. Uh, I found it in one of his writings much later, not Ogmandino, um, Oshi much later. And I've seen it in a couple other places. But at the time when I wrote this, I had not seen it anywhere. And this is the, this is the thing, the difference between joy and happiness. If you look the definitions up, and I don't care what the dictionary is, they're going to be almost identical. And in my opinion, they're not even close to being the same thing. So joy comes from the inside. You cannot experience joy unless you love yourself. So a person can fake happiness. A person can fake being happy. Robin Williams, Chris Farley, Belushi, right? But deep inside, they they don't have that inner joy going on. Right. So we got to help them fall in love with themselves first. Yeah. Now, when you have that inner joy, happiness is out here and you start attracting happiness into your life like sevenfold. I mean, it just keeps coming and coming and coming. Why are some people more successful over and over and over and over again? You tear them down, they build right back up because they love themselves. They have self-worth. A person that doesn't have self-worth and you take them out, man, they're gone. There he goes the suicide. There goes the living in the alleyway, something along those lines. You're exactly right, Christopher. It all begins with loving yourself. That's my favorite bit of the whole thing. If we, if we quit, if we cut this show off right now, just your definition of joy within and the happiness is external is wonderful because, because you're so right. Like you, you could take a person who's one of the things I always love is when you talk to somebody who's a millionaire, who's self-made or multimillionaire self-made mm-hmm. and you say, would you risk it all today? And they all say the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And you say, why? Because I could bring myself back here in a moment. Because they recognize they recognize the DNA of a successful person, which includes that joy, which includes the passion, which includes all those things. And, and to your point, you mentioned it earlier, where you're saying think and grow rich. The millionaire mentality precedes the money. The money is just oh, the currency exchange. You get it. You get it. It's this, this is this is not rocket science, yet it is. And So now think about the behavior. Think about the behavior of these YouTube kids. They don't have maturity, (laughs) right? And they haven't gone through life lessons. They haven't learned enough of this to understand how to handle that money and that fame and that fame. Yeah, everything. Right? You think about the lottery winner. All of a sudden, they got all this money. And next, you know, five years later, they're bankrupt. It's MC Hammer and every lottery winner. We got two (laughs) minutes to go. It's horrible, and it, it has nothing to do. Without there, it's all has to start from in here. Yes. So I have a question for you based on what you said at the top of the show, talking about you, you alluded to the fact that you started writing this because of internal anger issues. How did you go about resolving those issues as you were writing this book? What was the trigger for you to be able to release some of those issues pent up from back in the old days? Great. Well, question. it's and it's about it's great question and it's all about all i didn't realize it was the anger issues christopher i didn't think i was an angry person yeah, yeah i'd explode every once in a while put my fist through a wall or whatever you know but those <laughs> were isolated incidents we're just you know, men something. they were just guys that's what <laughs> i'll say <laughs> <laughs> just a guy. you know it was that person that set me off 
Right. It wasn't me. It was that totally person from the outside, right? And I, so I didn't realize I had an anger issue. And in this course, we did the timeline therapy, going back to the root for my anger. In this case, turned out to be a babysitter, Mrs. Fields, man. I'll never forget her. Wow. But I didn't realize how what a big impact that made. And when I was able to release that anger at that root level, when I came out of this slight hypnotic state, I didn't see the world the same way anymore and never did. Never have. That's and that's about. why releasing that pearl at the root level is so important. It's This is the thing. It is not hard to do. It is not hard work. This is not something that requires three months, six months, a year's worth of therapy that people sometimes put themselves through. We can get results. I, uh, the 16-year-old girl that tried to commit suicide, we got a result within two hours, less than two hours, really. It was about 10 minutes. It, it just depends getting that piano open and getting how do you, re how did you release it though well talk to us about that process of actually releasing it because i've heard yeah. different ways of talking about it. i just recently heard somebody talk about it like a picture of the butterfly and it just flies away and i'm like okay i'm, yeah, I'm so, not the butterfly dude but yeah let me um, let me, let me <laughs> describe yeah. timeline therapy to you real quick yes the, the best is the best i can do with how much time i got uh to do it uh so you go into a slight hypnotic state then you actually float it's almost like an out-of-body experience. You float above yourself. And there's a lot more to this, obviously. And then the subconscious mind, we take it over that root cause of the anger. So let's just use me for an example. I'm looking at myself from up here, down at myself as three years old, having this conflict with Mrs. Fields, my babysitter. But I'm detached. There's zero emotion involved, all right? Bring you, bring you back to yourself, check in. Hey, how's it going? What did you learn? We're going to go back and try it again. And what we're looking for is now I am 55 years old looking on my three-year-old self. Guess what? I see that whole event completely differently. Yeah. I'm no longer seeing it from an eyes of a three-year-old when it was programmed into my subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. I'm now seeing it from the eyes of a 55-year-old with all this maturity and learnings and life lessons that I've, I've learned, right? Mm -hmm. And I realize the lessons that I'm gaining from this is that how I interpreted that event back at three years old is what I needed to do to say, keep myself safe, to survive. Mm -hmm. Now at 55, I realize that doesn't serve me anymore. Yep. So now I bring myself back, check in again. Hey, what lessons learned? You know, what did you learn from this event? Positive lessons learned. And we do it again. And we take the person all the way back before the event ever happened, which means I never experienced anger yet. So maybe it's five minutes, 10 minutes. Maybe it's a day prior where I'm the happy baby regarding anger. And now I go back over, we call it the release point, And then I go back over that event again. And guess what I do now? I travel into the event of the three-year-old child and the anger is completely gone. I've just recontextualized my entire timeline. And then you come back up and three other places up to the moment of, if this is the moment of now right here, I'm going to test three other places, significant moments of anger that I've experienced. I get to the moment of now, now I future pace. Uh -huh. Now let's take you out into the future, say a month from now. We're in the past, a, a certain event. I want you to, a uh, future memory 
of a future event that would have in the past created a certain reaction out of you. But now with all these new learnings, tell me what's different. And the anger is completely gone. And you do so that. You visual, visualization, you visualize yourself and being in that same situation, but you visualize yourself not reacting to that situation, responding to that situation as that more mature self, more mature self. Why? So when you get, so when you get there, it actually feels like you've already gone through that, right? Because yeah. we've put that wire back in tune. We've okay. re literally reprogrammed the subconscious mind. Yeah, totally love it. Love it, love it, love it. Damn, dude. Guy, I knew this was gonna be a fantastic conversation. When I saw you on the, the panel, what I can't remember what panel it was. Was it mental health warriors or was it with Yeah, uh, I think that's well, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It was mental yeah. health warriors. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I knew when I saw you, I was like, dude, he's gotta be on the show. I mean, just just brilliant. Uh, definitely want to have you back on the show because there's just so many different rabbit holes we can go down and you're a brilliant conversationalist. Mm -hmm. And we understand. have so many people here, you know, just uh just enjoying it. Amy says here, she goes, amazing insights, testimony, and teaching. Thank you for providing providing such value. Yes, yes, yes. Where can people get, get a hold of you, Guy, and continue the conversation? I put the uh, link to the book in here so people can go purchase that directly from Amazon. But uh, where can they get a hold of you to continue this conversation and learn more about Guy Berlando? Yeah, Guy Berlando at gmail.com. So my first and last name, there it is, Guy Berlando at gmail.com. That's the easiest. I have a website, GuyBerlando.com as well. So that's, a, you know, you can see some of this stuff on there. You can see some of the testimonies. The book is actually an Amazon bestseller. And yeah, the reviews on there, the reviews on there really do a great job of explaining what this book is. And I just had another one that came in. It's not on Amazon. This guy wrote a couple few paragraphs and it was just amazing. And he nailed what this book is all about as well. That's just on my Facebook page. But beautiful. Then we got your Facebook page here. It's Facebook.com. Wow. So HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash is that I am like the letter I am. I have all my glasses on. It's just Facebook.com forward slash a bunch of bunch of letters. Well, I'm the only guy Berlando. Yeah, yeah. Go search. Go search. Put me in Facebook. And I'm sure if they go to your site, guyberlando.com, that they can find your social media links is there from there as well, right? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Christopher and Scott. Pleasure. I really appreciate you having me on as well. Oh no, we'll have you back, man. We're we're gonna start. We're gonna start reframing our the way we do our shows. We're gonna go into seasons now. We're gonna take like a broad subject. And have some of our subject matter experts who've been here on the show talking about these things and kind of lump them together and say, okay, let's tackle this thing. Let's talk. Let's tackle identity and let's dig into the spirituality of it. Let's dig yeah. into the, the the conditioning process and find bring our experts back in and kind of do seasons based on that to really kind of dig in and give people value. So we'd love to have, definitely have you back on the show. I'm gonna okay. stick you backstage here for a second. Don't go anywhere because we still want to okay. talk to you. We're just gonna end out the show. But thank you, brother, for being here. All right, thank you all, and then good night to all your listeners as well. Thank you for being here as well. Thank you, thank you. Told you, Scott. Yeah, yeah man. Right. What do you? So I, I figured you would get led up about that. He was all right. Yeah, yeah. I never see you so perky, except for when they're pretty. I actually, <laughs> I, I have a guy. I have a little bit of a guy crush. You have a guy crush. Yeah. Guy crush. You look a guy too, right? <laughs> no, I, yeah. I love it. Speaks I love the it. truth. You know what's beautiful is when people recognize that there's something they're struggling with, come into that space of awareness and start the self healing and then recognize their journey was so intentional and all the things that they learned. And that's, that's their brilliance. That's how they're giving back. So he's sitting here saying, I am a fighter pilot. And then what he's realizing is as that's peeling back and that was his defense mechanism to the world, like I'm hiding behind this. He literally found his, his calling, his purpose in his healing. And it's just, it's freaking beautiful. Like I love it. Like I yeah. absolutely love it. We had some amazing comments in here. I mean, obviously, Robert, appreciate your your comments. Michael Baker, welcome to the welcome to the family. I appreciate your your contributions as well. He talks about here. He says clarity and def, 
definiteness of purpose, desire, motivation, and determination. Absolutely. It says here also, he goes, pray for what you desire as if you have already received That's it. That's the reality. Lean Big time. Big time. And uh, Amy, thank you very much for being here. She says, amazing insights, testimony, and teaching. Thank you for providing such value. Definitely connect, connect. Uh, I know we have Tom Jen in the house. I saw this. He says, uh, get the book, uh, The Science of God. So there's another one. Thank you, Tom, for being here with us. And who else do we have in the house? I think we had uh, David Libby in the house. He goes, glad I found this out now. So thank you, David, for being here. David's a dear friend of mine. Um, yes, Michael Baker. I'm trying to make sure we capture everybody. Um, and for those of you guys watching or listening on the podcast, thank you guys as well. We got the video video cast, which is what we're doing right now. And then obviously all of this goes to podcasts. And we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast. Um, come to the show notes of the of the of the of this particular episode, and you can click on that. You can subscribe to iTunes. We're actually in Spotify. We're on iHeart. We're anywhere that you can find uh, uh, podcasts. So you just go in there, type the the unfiltered experience, and you'll definitely find us there. We'd love to have you follow the uh, the, the podcast, and then especially. What we'd love for you to do is to go into the unfilteredexperience.com, www.theunfilteredexperience.com for you guys listening and become a part of the family, become a part of the community. We want to hear from you. This isn't just Scott and I talking here. We want to have a conversation with you guys, whether it's here on the show or there in the group. Together, we're, we're learning from each other. We're growing from each other. We're, we're expanding this out into the world to try to make this world a better place. And together we can do that. So if you got value out of this conversation, which I'm absolutely sure you did, again, go back to healthhealhumanity.org and contribute what you can as a little payment to us. Let us know that you appreciate this. And then also let us know what it is that you want to see on the show next time. What type of guests you would like to see, you know, talking about that banner topic. What is like a major topic in your life that you would love me and Scott to get some guests on here and to break that down for you so that you get additional value on this. This is why we do this, guys, because together we can raise the level of humanity. We can raise the level of vibration of what's going on. And just imagine this. Just imagine this. And I have a firm belief. You know, I have a dream. You know, I'm not Martin Luther King, but I have a dream that if everybody that's out there is angry and pissed off and not loving themselves and they're fighting the wrong battles and everything, if they got centered with themselves and, and did half of the stuff that we talked about here in this podcast, think about how different the world would be. Think about how different those people would treat other people and those people would be like, Wow, what did he do? I want to go do what he did because he seems like happy. He was a pissed off motherfucker before, but now he seems happy. I want to go do this. And then we start raising the vibration of this planet. We start helping one another out. We get away from the pointing and the divisiveness and the you're the blame and looking for everybody else to solve our situations. We got to solve them from within here, within here, guys. It starts within here. It starts with that self-love. If you're talking to yourself like you would not talk to your, your favorite person, you got to switch that shit big time. You know, so when you catch yourself talking to yourself, would I talk to my son that way? Would I talk to my best friend that way and start shifting that shit? I recommend people put a rubber band on their wrist and they snap it when they catch themselves talking back about themselves. Why can I, how can I reframe this? You know, I always suck things. I, I never do anything right. How, how can I switch that? Well, perhaps if I got some training, perhaps if I looked at things from a different perspective, perhaps if I tried doing different things, I would get a different result and perhaps my perspective would change. That's what we want for you guys to do here. And Scott and I are here every single week, Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, live. Go to www.theunfilteredexperience. You can find all the shows there as well. Check out our past shows. As of this one, Scott, we are on, what show is this? This is show number 113. 113. Hmm. 113 shows. And Scott and I did the other show, the Friday night live show before that. So we've been doing this for a couple of years now. So there's tremendous amounts of content out there. You don't need to go to a shrink. You don't need to go to a million dollar seminar. Go take these episodes, take one thing. I used to say three, I used to say five, then I said three, and I'm just saying it's one. Like I'm reading this book right now, and I said, if I can just get one thing out of this book, one major thing, and I apply it in my life, and it changed that aspect of my life, and I continue to grow, and that compound interest, that compound success is the reason why I'm sitting here, and I'm not a homeless seventh grade dropout, 
sitting in the jail cell or sitting in the pine box because every day I'm trying to learn something and implement that. And that's what Scott and I here are here to do. So catch us next week. We next week, who do we have? I think maybe it might be just me and you, Scott, next week. Uh, we're trying to put more because we ask you guys what you guys want. And they said every once in a while, we just like it for you guys and not a guest. Uh, but actually next week we have Clifford Starks. He's a cool guy I recently met. He's, uh, he's an amazing soul. So put it on your calendar. That way you don't need to worry about notifications. Every Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you can't make it live, you can always catch the replay through the same links. And, of course, the podcast, wherever podcasts are sold. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Glad you're back, Scott. I appreciate you. I missed you. And we will see you guys here next Friday. So go out there and be brilliant. Have a fantastic weekend. Celebrate good times. Wish me a happy birthday on Sunday. I'm going to be 54. And I'm going to be so, 52 a week after that or two weeks I after know. that. So. Yeah. So you got to respect your elders, Scott. We love you guys. We'll see you here next week on the Unfiltered Experience. Go be brilliant. Go be brilliant. Bye. Love you guys.